Hey everyone, welcome to Experience Ministries Discipleship Podcast, where we share biblical principles to help you live your faith. I'm Dave. And I'm Angie. Most of what we share are things we wish we knew sooner in our spiritual journey. And we're praying the Holy Spirit uses these principles to help you grow. This is episode two, and our topic today is discipleship. Matthew 28, 18 through 20 is probably one of the most well-known passages when it comes to discipleship. This passage says, Jesus came to them and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all the things that I have commanded you. Behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. So most people hear this passage when a missionary comes to speak. Okay, hold on. Why don't you give us a definition of discipleship? What is it? Well, before I give you a a definition, let me point out that making disciples is a command. Jesus clearly said, go and make disciples of all nations. So making disciples should be a normal part of our lives, not just when a missionary uh, is called into missionary work or goes overseas or something like that. So, so making disciples is not, a mi- not just a missionary's job. No, it's for all of us on a daily basis. And you can see that in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Like I just read, you can see it in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Uh, You can see it lots of places in the Scripture. We are called to make disciples, to help other people grow in their faith and become more like Jesus. So the simple definition of a disciple is a follower, a person who follows Jesus with the intention of obeying his teachings and becoming more like him would be a disciple. We see that in uh, passages like Matthew sixteen twenty four, where Jesus says this. It says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. So discipleship is the biblical process of helping others become more like Jesus. The Apostle Paul put it this way in 1 Corinthians 11.1. He said, Be imitators of me, just as I also am of Christ. So the Bible doesn't give us an exact recipe for discipleship, but there are a number of principles we can learn and uh, really implement in our lives. So one of those principles is that discipleship is not an accident. It is a choice. It's clearly defined and communicated. And right. it and it requires like a, a teacher-student relationship, except not, not so much teacher-student. Right, right, right. When we think about teacher-student relationship, we think about, you know, in high school we had this teacher, or when we were in college we had this professor that— uh, really just kind of took a position of telling us this is this is the math equation, memorize it. That's not really discipleship. Yeah, because in that relationship, I never learned as much as the teacher. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but one of Jesus's common 
statements to people was, come follow me. And so that, that was a very intentional thing. When, when Jesus would have an encounter with someone, he would have interaction with them, and then he would say, come, follow me, and they would leave everything right, and follow him. Yeah, you see that like in the passage I just read in Matthew 16, but you see it in lots of different passages where Jesus is interacting with them. So when he called the 12, you know, I mean, here they are fishing, and he says, come, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. This this phrase, come follow me, is something Jesus said all the time. And it wasn't to come and let me lecture to you and you take notes. It was no, come and be my disciple. And biblical discipleship, this is our next point, by the way, biblical discipleship is relationally based. Yes. Right? So we are called to be examples not textbooks. In other words, discipleship is more than academic learning. And this is something we really get confused with in our Western culture because we want to make everything into an academic process. And discipleship is way more than just academic uh, learning. We can teach information, uh, but that should be combined with a living example of how we apply biblical truth. In other words, when we're teaching somebody as a disciple maker, they're learning and studying us as much as they are learning and studying the information. Which is why it's relationally based. Exactly. So there are two roles in discipleship, the student and the teacher. The closer these two become, the more relational and deeper the discipleship the discipleship process becomes. If so, so can you give some examples of that? Well, I can. And we'll give you a couple of examples as we go through. But there are really different levels or degrees of discipleship. And that's an aspect of this that we have to keep in mind when it comes to this relationally based process. Because we have relationships that are Uh, social acquaintances, surface relationships, and we have very deep relationships. And if you want the discipleship process to be deeper, then the relationship has to be deeper. It can't just be a, a surface relationship. So one of the most distant levels or degrees of discipleship is when we listen to a teacher or a preacher, or like this podcast is a great example We're giving information, but the personal relationship is limited. Increasing the level of discipleship requires a deeper relationship between the student and the teacher, not just more information. And that's a trap we fall into. We just want to give more and more information, and that's not the goal. So not all pastors, teachers, or believers welcome the deeper relationship And that limits the discipleship. So for us, I know you just want to talk. (laughs) Go (laughs) ahead. For us, with this podcast, the only way to deepen this to the discipleship process here is for people to reach out to us and develop a relationship, which we are open to. You can send us an email. You can interact with us. We can uh, have coffee together. That'd be awesome. Um, but that is something we are open to because we understand that discipleship requires relationship. Well, what you're saying, it just reminded me of something that I, I was speaking to one of my friends, 
And we were talking about how friendship has to be intentional. And I, and I love that discipleship has to be intentional. It's not an accident. It's a choice. But so is the relational-based. And all your relationships. Yeah, it really does. I mean, you don't have a social relationship that becomes a deep friendship without some intentional, hey, let's get together, let's have lunch, let's go to the gym, let's do whatever. There has to be some relational aspect of that that it is intentionally pursued. Yes. So there's a couple of goals in discipleship, and I'm going to talk about the first one. The first one is that biblical discipleship is a relationally based partnership that helps both the teacher and the pupil obey and grow closer to Jesus. So that was a big mouthful. That's huge. Could you say that three times fast? (laughs) No, I'd rather not. But the goal basically is that the student is going to grow closer to Jesus and the teacher is going to grow closer to Jesus. It's a mutual, it's a relational partnership between the two of growth to become more and more like Jesus. Yes. Okay. means you're going to grow in understanding and your relationship with Jesus in biblical truth and spiritual growth, that those areas are going to grow. Yes, but it's also going to mean that you grow closer to that other person. Yes. Because you grow closer together in that, you know, discipleship relationship. Yes. Or else it's not going to be the same. So what would another goal be? Well, another goal of discipleship is duplication. So the student should naturally start following and looking for ways to serve others and help them with their spiritual growth. So on the one hand, you have the teacher who is helping the disciple, but the disciple should then look for a pupil or someone to disciple themselves. So we should always have that type of dual relationship where we're being discipled and where someone is discipling us. So that duplication really is important. And when that's occurring, there is a huge multiplication effect that takes place because the teacher is equipping the student and releasing them into a variety of areas of ministry, and they're going out and now taking their place in the body of Christ and doing the same thing. They're looking for others to raise up and to release. So there are times when... The pupil exceeds the teacher, and that should not be like, oh, no, uh, protect my position or something like that. No, that (laughs) should be a natural consequence that we look for and we encourage. Um, And we should be blessed when that takes place, when somebody surpasses us. um, Now, they can be the, the teacher or discipler, and we can be the disciple and learn from them. And you see this in Scripture, right? You see Barnabas and Paul as great examples because Paul started out as a disciple of Barnabas. People don't realize this. They just look at Paul as this great apostle. But Barnabas, really, he he went and got him, brought him into the church, and discipled him and opened the doors, and they went on missionary trips. And Barnabas was the lead for a long time. And then... Paul excelled in his calling and took the lead. He did, and then he also took disciples himself. Yeah, he raised up. Such as um, John Mark and Timothy. 
and Titus uh-huh. and uh, John Mark is an interesting one because they want to went on a missionary journey mm-hmm. and John Mark, uh, for whatever reason, didn't finish the journey with him. And then it came about that Barnabas wanted to take him again. And Paul said, no way, I'm not doing it. And it becomes such a, a division between them, a conflict between Paul and Barnabas that they split ways. But apparently, Barnabas did raise up John Mark because in the later part of Paul's life, he sent for John Mark. So he acknowledged that he did come into maturity in his walk, and that that rift was healed. What that reminds me of is that sometimes people can do things, and that doesn't mean we should write them off. Exactly. Because maybe they need another chance. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> we, all, we all need another chance or two or ten. Uh, or twenty. Um, you know, because sometimes we stumble and uh, we need somebody that's going to love us enough and say, hey, let's try it again. Yeah. And But that, again, goes back to the relationally based side of discipleship. It's not like a professor who is going to stay in that position of lording it over and say, well, you failed the exam. Sign up for another course next year. Yeah. No, a discipleship relationship says, no, I care about you. I love you. I want to see you mature and grow. Let's try again. It's an interesting word picture in my mind because I see steps and I see, you know, the, the discipler is above the disciplee on the steps. And the goal is to get that the person below them to climb the steps and exceed them and to not only be looking for a new disciple, but also to be looking above for someone to disciple you all the time. Yeah, so we should always be in that middle step where we're looking for somebody to help us up to the next step, but we don't do that alone. We grab somebody and help them come along with us and encourage them to surpass us. And that's really a different role than what we see as a coach or a, a mentor in today's world because those are positions that try to stay above or ahead or just tell you what to do, a disciple re- discipleship relationship is that of saying, come with me, let's do this together, and I want to help you exceed me. Yeah. Okay, so how about some qualifications? We've talked about the teacher, the pupil, the discipler, the disciple. What What are the qualifications for those two positions? Well, it's interesting. There really isn't a lot of qualifications to be a disciple or to disciple someone. Right, So think about this passage in 2 Timothy 2, 1 through 3. It says this, You therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus, and the things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, these entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. So the qualifications of the teacher or the one doing the discipleship is to be strong in the grace of the Lord Jesus and to pass along the truth that has been learned. So if I'm strong in grace and I've learned something about the Lord, then I'm qualified to be a disciple maker, (laughs) right? Yeah. I don't have to have a PhD. I don't have to be the college professor. I simply have to be strong in the grace of the Lord and have something to share. 
And it doesn't take you long to grow enough to have something to share with someone. So I don't have to have a degree in theology? No, you don't. Oh, that's good news. <laughs> hey, yeah, it's really good news. Um, but the qualifications for a disciple is simply to be faithful and teachable. So if you're a disciple, you need to be teachable. If you're not teachable, then it's not going to happen, yeah. right? Yeah. But you also need to be faithful to share what you learn just as it was shared with you. It sounds like it it keeps going because you need to be strong in the Lord and what you know, but you also still need to be teachable. Yeah, always. We always have to be teachable because, I mean, we're not going to arrive someday. If we get to the opinion that we have arrived, that's called pride, and you got a really big problem. In fact, that's how we got in this mess, right? Pride. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, let's avoid that. So because everybody should be in both roles at, at the same time, you should always be looking for someone to disciple and looking for someone to disciple you then you should have all those characteristics active all the time in your life. Yeah, and it's not like we're going to get all that perfect every time, but we're working on it. And so just think about your relationship with family, friends. You have a variety of levels of relationship. You have surface relationships. You have very deep friendships. You don't always get it right all the time in every relationship. Sometimes in a relationship, there's challenges or you do something that offends the other person, but you grow past that and you make that a point of discipleship. Like, okay, let's let's talk about how we work through this and we help people work through those type of situations. So, I mean, yeah, you can see that playing out, but let's, let's uh, talk about maybe some cautions before we wrap it up for Ooh, today. Some cautions. So discipleship is not an opportunity to lord over someone. No, you're not the college professor uh, looking down on a student and dictating to them, this is what's happening and, and always staying in that superior role. Unfortunately, that does happen a lot in the church and Christianity, uh, and it shouldn't be happening. Because if we look at the life of Jesus, he was a servant leader. He came to serve. So we should also be using discipleship as an opportunity to serve others and to be a part of their journey from that perspective. Yeah. I mean, Jesus washed the disciples' feet. Yeah. That was his example. The Lord washed their feet. Washing somebody's feet mm. was for the lowliest of servants. And yet, that's what the Lord did. Is he, he gave them the example, serve one another, serve each other. And that is really the heart of discipleship. How do yeah. we serve other people and help them grow to become more like Jesus? Yeah. So there's one more caution that we wanted to talk about today, and it's the trust and vulnerability aspects that are required in discipleship. I mean, if you're the college professor, there's not a lot of vulnerability. There's not a lot of trust issues with your students. But in discipleship, there are because we can get hurt. And um, this shouldn't be a surprise to us. When we get close to somebody relationally and we're trying to help them grow in the Lord, there is a potential to be hurt. Um, Jesus experienced this when he was betrayed with a kiss by Judas, his disciple. So we have to understand that 
it is a possibility. But just because it's a possibility to get hurt or maybe we have been hurt, we should not withdraw from the process. We need to stay engaged in making disciples, in being relational. And if we get hurt, that becomes an opportunity to work through that, learn from that. So now we're equipped with those skills uh, to really pass on to somebody else who is eventually going to get hurt. Because that's part of living. We do get hurt. We do. And it's what we do with it when we do get hurt. Yep. It's how we work through it, how we process, how we promote the healing. Um, That really is important. So those are a couple of cautions when it comes to discipleship. So let's wrap up uh, for today. And uh, just let me say thank you to everyone for taking a few minutes to listen to us kind of ramble on about discipleship. It's kind of a fun topic. And we could talk about it a lot more. There's a lot more to it. But this is just a really good short introduction to the topic of discipleship. And we're glad you joined us. If you have questions, comments, you want to interact with us, by all means, uh, get connected with us. Go to our website, experienceordination.org, grab our email, send us an email. We'd love to connect with you. Absolutely. We would love to connect with you all. So before you leave, do us a favor and hit that subscribe button so you don't miss any of our future episodes. And we will talk to you next time.